Welcome to episode 12 of the Prevention Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Clausen. So honored to have you with us today. Just last month, I had the opportunity to speak with a military caregivers resource group from a multi-state hospital system out west. They invited me to share my personal story of struggling with substance misuse, post-traumatic stress, and an undiagnosed traumatic brain injury, and how I stumbled into post-traumatic growth to get my life back on track. Although it was a little tough sharing such a personal story and being that vulnerable, I really did enjoy that rich discussion we had afterwards. We really talked about how we can build on our strengths as veterans, come together and really just support each other to help change lives. So for today's episode, I've recorded my story of ups and downs, struggles and wins. And it's my hope that the challenges I experienced can be prevented or at least quickly and effectively addressed for the future generations of veterans. So without further ado, enjoy today's episode. Today, I'm here to share my personal story of some of the battles that I fought once returning from Iraq in May of 2006. And I was barely old enough to order a beer when I found myself being deployed to Iraq. And this was post 9-11. So to say tensions were high is an understatement at best. I was thrown right into the deep end. When we put our boots on the ground in Baghdad, we were told our sector was the wild, wild west. I was smart enough to know I didn't know everything. But still nothing in my 21 years prepared me for what I would see during that year on active duty. I went from attending classes and juggling studies to engaging in small arms fire and being hit with an improvised explosive device during my first week in country. I led more than 180 combat patrols as an army infantry team leader and a member of our recon sniper team. When I returned to college in the fall of 2006, I was quite literally a different person. The classmates I'd been been with my previous three years in college had graduated the previous spring. I was lost in a sea of strange faces, and I felt alone. Now, in addition to the culture shock that comes with returning home after active duty or a long deployment, I was struggling with things I simply could not understand. I couldn't sleep. I was easily agitated, and I always felt on alert. I thought as time went on, my memories would fade, but... Instead of time healing all wounds, I found myself remembering things I'd experienced with alarming clarity. A simple and seemingly innocent sound or even a smell could suddenly trigger rapid fire memories that left me shaken and just anxious to get home. I was older than the others in class, both in terms of age and experience. Trying to relate to my new classmates just felt forced and often left me feeling emotionally and physically exhausted. Things that were so simple before, like being able to simply kick back and have fun, felt completely out of reach. I didn't know it at the time, but I was experiencing full-blown post-traumatic stress disorder. While PTSD was known about in 2006, it wasn't something many people spoke of, and it was often framed as some new age diagnosis. But the truth is, PTSD has been around in one form or another for centuries. Though previous generations called it by different names, you know, such as shell shock, a soldier's heart, or battle fatigue. Call it what you will. But for as long as people have been fighting in wars, soldiers have been coming home to come 
completely new battles. It's when they fight against themselves. But back in 2006, all I knew was that I was struggling to fit in at school and willing to do almost anything to just feel normal again. I started drinking socially to help me relax and relate better to my fellow students. I wanted to embrace the time I had left at school to to embrace the normalcy that that it offered before entering the, the adult world. I started drinking, like I said, to just make it easier to relax and loosen up. But suddenly, I could talk to my fellow classmates and go out for a few drinks and have some fun. Even come home and pass out in bed and sleep. In a way, I felt like I'd found my key. Maybe this was my new normal. However, what began as an attempt to feel normal soon spiraled out of control. As time went on, my drinking escalated. Even though I drank more hoping to get that same effect, I was effectively chasing my own tail. I drank more to feel better, but wound up still struggling with all the same issues. Only now, I usually had a hangover as well. It wasn't long before this began to affect my academic life as well as my social life. I felt myself slipping in classes, not even going to classes, and shrugging off assignments. Although my education had been one of the motivating factors behind enlisting, I was watching it all begin to slip away and felt powerless to do anything about it. I felt completely alone. But the truth, however, is that I was anything but alone. When we look at some of the stats, up to one quarter of post 9-11 veterans struggle with some kind of substance misuse. Now, of those struggling with substance misuse, 20% have post-traumatic stress disorder and 15 struggle with depression. 15% struggle with depression. Many of us are facing all three issues, substance misuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, and clinical depression at the same time. Tackling even one of these issues is a challenge. Multiply it by three, and it's easy to see how things can get real complicated real fast. The injuries I incurred in the war are invisible. And as a combat veteran, I was convinced that because I had successfully dealt with so much in Iraq, I had to deal with the pain I was experiencing on my own. Despite my best efforts to deal with those issues, the emotional turmoil and the fatigue that came with it just quickly caused me to just turn further inward. That spiral continued until I realized the life I was living was not one that fulfilled my full potential. I was proud of my service. And I knew I could handle living and fighting in a combat zone. Then why couldn't I do something as simple as maintain friendships and feel safe in group settings? After months of questioning what I was experiencing and repeatedly following that same self-destructive pattern, I began looking for a way to help myself. Now, as difficult as it was for me to accept that I had a problem, it was still too difficult for me to seek help. I felt certain that I would have to find a solution through just hard work and focus. Now, through a commitment to improving, trial and error, a lot of reading and journaling, I began to create a solid foundation for the future that was focused on post-traumatic growth. By seeing the worst that the world has to offer, I saw the importance of embracing the good. 
our experiences highlight how fragile, how fleeting, and how precious our daily experiences can be. I remember understanding it best when I thought about how much I wanted to embrace and relish the time I had in school. I wanted to experience and enjoy time as a student, but unchecked. That desire led me to drinking as a shortcut to relaxing enough to enjoy it. Now, with creating a new foundation for the future, I was able to embrace and appreciate those same experiences without the crutch of alcohol or the pain of the morning after. The post-traumatic growth approach was more along the lines of training to be the best that I can be. From the basic structure to the logical approach, it was something I could relate to. It was something that didn't feel like a one-size-fits-all approach. And more to the point, it didn't minimize what I dealt with. In fact, it embraced it. And it used my traumatic experience to highlight the strengths that I had and help me focus on honing those strengths to help me with my current situation. The culture and everyday life of your average person is a million miles away from that of a, a veteran. And you add in the element of being a college student, and we're talking entirely different planets. So when it comes to risk and protective factors, those things that might put a veteran more at risk or protect them, keep them a little bit safer, are a little unique. And at times, they're conflicting. For example, a risk factor for a veteran, such as their experiences in combat and the memories of being a soldier, may also be connected to a protective factor, such as the accountability and discipline gained through military experience. The key to supporting veterans is to first identify those factors, define how they contribute to the problematic behavior, and then define how they can be used to manage those destructive tendencies. And additionally, it's crucial to consider the culture from which our veterans are coming from before designing a program or event or services for our veterans, because trust is critical in any relationship, but even more so with veterans. Many of us returned with little warning or understanding of how life would change when we came back. Tailoring, building, and shaping veteran programming efforts are about more than being an effective organization. It's about changing and saving lives. Now, the post-traumatic growth approach really focused, like I said, on training me to use the strengths I developed in the military to deal with the trauma responses that came from my experiences in combat. And through that, I learned about myself. I clearly defined my values and my goals. And I really specifically articulated what it meant for me to pursue a purpose-driven life. I was provided the opportunity to adapt the structure, the routine, and the strengths that grounded me in the military to my civilian life. And I want you to keep in mind that there are a lot of resources that exist for both veterans and professionals and family members. MakeTheConnection.net is one of my favorite. It's an online resource center for veterans that focuses on creating a sense of community and helps those experiencing isolation or feeling alone to know that they're not alone. Now, I'd encourage anyone listening or watching to explore this resource as well.
And it's my hope that the challenges I experienced on returning can be prevented or at least quickly and effectively addressed for future generations of veterans. We all need to develop an increased understanding of the veterans that we're serving. It's only through a deeper understanding of our veterans' collective experiences that we'll be better able to develop and implement effective support for our veterans. And for veterans, there's no shame or weakness in finding the resources to help overcome trauma and addiction. But what we do today makes a difference in the lives of all of our veterans. And I don't know if I would be dead now if I hadn't find the help I needed. But I know my life wouldn't be what it is. I could have survived, I'm sure. But there's a difference between surviving and living. This is why it's so important to continue my mission to raise awareness and teach other professionals why it's necessary and the best ways to come together to help support our veterans. Together, we can make a difference.